can truly, surely, a sigh of relief that 2022 is in the rear view mirror. There was the untimely death of my father and my gangster sister's health crisis and all of us getting COVID and we didn't die. I am here as a testimony to the survival and thriving. No excuses and no patience for pity parties. I'm gonna be talking about how to glow up as a podcaster or not. Good black news and words of encouragement and shade if you stupid. What I'm reading, the Dallas Cowboys and other things, football and sports. Pop culture news, donkeys donking and side eye shenanigans. I like the part of the podcast where I talked about over 40 dating and other relationship issues. Quark's Bar, dedicated to podcasts, reality, TV recaps. Join me as I fuss and have a moment as I kick and stomp my way through the next iteration of my life. Join me for this rocking good time. And thank you for listening. I'm getting started a little bit late today, but my glow up isn't, it waits for no one. I'm well over 129,000 downloads. Thank you, y'all. I'm up to 301 episodes on iTunes alone, slightly more than that on Podbean, the major platform that I actually uh, publish to that gets distributed to the other outlets. I'm basically wherever there are podcasts, and it's a lot of fun. I've been trying today. I'm still at the KOA. I had to move. It's kind of annoying a little bit because I had been camping in the same place since I parked out here uh, back in January. And it's a nice spot. It's just on gravel, and I have been on asphalt. Uh, for the last month, almost month and a half. And I'm noticing that my Wi-Fi connection is not as favorable as it was over there. Anyways, I have a couple of hot spots. It's just been challenging, to say the least, um, to be here and have consistent, just a connection. I I'm glad I stayed the month and a half because I was only supposed to stay for like two or three weeks. But I now feel confident that my sister's going to continue to heal and get better. She's had her uh, own health challenges, but she's taking it like a G. But I am going to need to look into more consistent and stronger signals because for you to truly be able to work from anywhere, you still have to have consistent connection. And I'm no different. I just have to make sure that not only do I stay informed as far as content creation, but also I have to make sure that my connection, I really have to be truly mobile. I got to get my knees on fleek. I got to have a consistent Wi-Fi.
because this stuff ain't no joke. And just this morning, I've tried like several times to get online, but it's just become such a trial to be able to get the information that I need to do my show. I'm just trying to also bring, because that was one of the um, suggestions. People actually are listening. I get all these unique downloads or unique listeners and I'm getting things from like Rory Bennett. Love the pod. Keep churning out great content. I don't miss an episode. One of the best. This is Herbert Smith. Excellent show. Great content. Excellent sound quality. Thank you, Gabrielle. Amazing content. This is by far the most positive podcast I listen to. And I always walk away with a fresh perspective. You're awesome. That is from William Hildred, 798. I've been listening to this podcast for a couple of months, and I think it's the best. Thank you, girl. Who is this? Jerry Davis. Thank you, son. You That makes me feel great. I'm going to actually download a few of these and add them to the extended podcast notes. I'm just really appreciative to all of the people that take the time to basically tell me that they like my show. I think it's dope. Um, and I wouldn't be able to do any of this without or continue. I wouldn't continue to do this if I didn't have people, the peoples, <laughs> just basically looking out for me. Fans and people that take the time to write reviews and give me ratings is actually just amazing. I don't mind reading these on the show and taking the time to just recognize the people that keep me doing what I like to do. And I'm just grateful. I got 486 people that like the show. Why wouldn't I give them their props? So thank you, y'all. And just thank you. Tell a friend and thank you for listening. Keep coming back, leaving me positive and also constructive feedback. I appreciate it. So I... I'm coming around the bend towards the end of the podcast and becoming something. I didn't have any additions to my Reddit thread, my favorite Reddit thread, Over 40 and Dating, because there really wasn't anything I was interested in speaking on. Uh, dating younger people, that whole being in relationship. And I found my reading spare and bevelation, I think is just more, not just positive, but we are all still works in progress. With bevelations and becoming sophisticated, I really like how this book reads. Um, she It's like an extended TED talk on how becoming something other, daring to dream to be something different and then going for it. She drops little uh, pearls about how being true to yourself, becoming your and living your authentic life, even when someone challenges you to basically throw you out of a window because you won't uh, support their ways. That to me is a revelation. She also says you have to sometimes go through pain um, to get to pleasure. You can't basically get all the benefits of someone else's hard work or no hard work if you're not willing to do the work. And she's also said that 
being singly focused on yourself at some point in your life is luxury and luxury is always a good thing. I'm talking self-care beyond a bubble bath and a shopping spree. It's put it in the work for your mental health, getting therapy, getting on meds if necessary, taking the classes that are only going to be of benefit to you in the next your next iteration if that's what you so choose how to expand your own horizon these things not only are marketable from a business standpoint but also from a relationship standpoint being the best version of yourself only makes you more attractive to other people And also being willing to not dim your light in order to be with someone. Once you know your self-worth, that light dimming stuff is not going to work for a sophisticated ratchet person. Because you can flip the script if you have, you need be. You don't want to, but you will if necessary. And you should never have to dim your light in order to actually make somebody else feel good. I don't see that in families, working well in families, and I don't see that working well in just um, romantic relationships. Be you, get there, do the work, and keep it moving. That's what life is all about. And become Sophista Ratchet. And you got to read uh, Bevelations, which is available for immediate purchase on my Far From Beale Street uh, bookstore online. The uh, link is in the podcast notes. And the same thing with Spare. I had I started reading that and then I read then I because I was asking myself a little bit more about what would make a father who is now king of England evict them from the house. What more could he what kind of tea did he spill? But the tea that he's spilling in this stuff is, you know, fam not like family lore. It's let's get this right. The 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 firm is what they call the family business because the family business is royalty. But the family business royalty is synonymous with the Mountbatten family. And there seems to be no balance. He basically tells how he, um, even William, but then he and um, cousin Megan were thrown to the Journal, non-journalist wolves of the tabloid press in order to basically pump up uh, the image of Camilla and Charles. And they did it for years. They swore to protect them, but there was no protection because it was against what the basically the firm was going to do. Again, Megan was did not understand there is no separation between the family and the family business. I think they're one and the same. And if you were not going to do what the family business told you to do, told the royal line, they were going to hand you out to the wolves. And it was easier to do that. Also, the latest in that drama was Frogmore. The coronation of King Charles is, um, I believe, in May. They had their home that was gifted. That estate um, in Windsor was gifted to them by the previous queen. But evidently, because Andrew has been demoted uh, from senior royal duties, he can't afford his current estate. So basically, King Charles took Frogmore that was gifted by his mama to her grandchild from him and gave it to his pedophile sexual deviant brother. So now 
they asking for their money back. They paid them back. The $2 million they spent in renovations, they paid back to the public trust. But that's when they were going to stay there. But I, I, I think I'm, I'm with them on this one. We are not going to give, we didn't give back our money to be kicked out of our residence that was gifted to us. Y'all ending giver mugs and to basically house your brother. He doesn't even have royal duties, just either, just like y'all. Why can't he be in some other property? Why did you specifically kick them out of Frogmore? What kind of signal are you sending with this move, you foppish Charles? All that's going to do is incense the public and also get people on more of the side of Megan and Harry. I think it's going to backfire like everything your mama did. And you making these types of moves is basically reprehensible, but it's going to backfire. But this is this rift that they're talking about. I can only see it becoming bigger. Obviously, Harry's not going to toe the line. He's going to continue to spill the tea and there's no way you're going to stop him. Um, he basically can't have his support. He does, and he doesn't, you have no power over him. He basically details how he used the purse strings to try to control him and Will. Will had to bend because he is the Prince of Wales. Harry, he knows what time it is. He's like, what, eighth in line to inherit the uh, kingdom? He's like, I'm good. I can, I can, I got my own inheritance. I'm making moves now that are still going to give my kids generational wealth. I'm Gucci. I'm Gucci. But it's also a very good reading. And I I think I like listening to it better because he actually reads in his own words with his inflections. And that accent just basically uh, puts it over the top. It's pretty dope. And it's one of the uh, main books besides Bevelations that I would also um, encourage people to also that's available for purchase on far from bill street online bookstore powered by me now on to good black news i don't know why i didn't know this and i'm glad i'm the type of person when i get shocked and i try not to be shocked by so many things but i have a whole bonus content talking about space. The last couple of weeks, I've been regaling about the images from the James Webb uh, Space Telescope, which is the replacement of Hubble for all you space nerds. I did not know until I was today years old when I've learned that Dr. Maggie Adirin Pocock is a British scientist and a sister She is known for her work on the James Webb Space Telescope. What in the Crabtree world? I need to learn more about her because I don't know if she's an engineer um, or an astronomer. But not only did she do those big things, she actually just got her own Barbie doll. You need to navigate to Dale's Angels Inc. blog, the extended podcast notes, to find out more about her and look at these images because I need to find out how I'm going to get this Barbie doll. She's a full-figured Black British woman, and they made it based on her actual look. No body shaming. She says she has a daughter. She plays Barbie with her to this day, but we all know, because I knew, because I have still have 
Barbies with the blonde hair, blue eyes. None of them really looked like her, even though the Christie dolls came around. They still had the no butt, skinny, and straight hair. But let me look at who she is. She's a physicist, of course. She's chancellor of the University of Leicester, of course. She's dyslexic, but evidently she overcame that to land in the physics news and be awarded and have all these awards and, and be best known for her work on the James Webb Space Telescope. This is about overcoming in spite of when they people probably discounted this woman and she just overcame. And what a wonderful way to actually talk about good Black news. This is a, about us across the diaspora. And look at what, look at God, look at what, who she is. And look at me, if once I find the link to where these um, dolls are available, you'll probably find it in my podcast notes. Good work, Dr. Pocock. Adirin Pocock, I'm with you, girl. I'm with you. Leave it to the New York Times to give me the top three donkeys of the week. And here we go. Tucker Carlson, Fox News. This fool, I should put Rupert Murdoch in here too. I think I am. They knew they were lying about the election and they didn't care. In the back room and behind closed doors, they were saying, we know this crap is not true, but we're going to pump up the country, get the crazies out, and basically incite a riot, and we're cool with it. And he, Rupert was just more interested in money, didn't care about the truth, being true news, true truth being stole. He was just what he could gain in that empire over there, what they could actually gain. Didn't care about the truth. Did not care. And that's where we are. This article is about the PR nightmare at Fox News. Phone hacking scandals, the 2020 election disbelief spread by Fox News. They were all just attention grabbing to get clicks um, and to get revenue, fueled by revenue. Their personal agenda was only to pump up the election lie just for money. They knew Donald Trump was a sociopath and batshit crazy. They didn't care. They knew they were unleashing the Kraken. Therefore, we, I, I think, directly led to the storming of the Capitol, that riot. And you can't tell me anything different. One truly was a direct line to the other. And those fools, in particular, Tucker Carlson and, and his uh, boss, Rupert Murdoch, are directly responsible for it. I don't think I disagree with the article um, in the Times today does not translate to legal ones. Actually, it can. Defamatory uh, uh, remarks, defamatory and just out and out lies about the safety of our voting systems, not believing the election and spreading these truly untruths. I think there's there is legal fodder there. Where there's smoke, there's fire. They're coming after him. And you're not going to basically be able to weasel out of this one. Also, let's go on talking about election lies. Let's go on to Georgia. There's a a redneck literally a redneck, fat neck Georgian lawyer spreading uh, the 
lies about the election, Robert Sheely. They're actually not only investigating him and Giuliani, but he came and fast that Biden didn't win the election. He basically doubled down on stupid. He basically gave some um, video clips of election workers handing out ballots at the State Farm Arena lies, uh, 15 minutes laying out assertions that the workers were miscounting the votes. How can you do that? Unless they were manual, there was no manual counting. All that stuff is digitalized. There, how could there? There's no triple and double counting, and he needed to stop with that lie. And I don't understand why nobody knew about this. He was just literally lying and spreading these doctored videos, and they could have been those people that were supposedly posing as ballot workers were probably hired by the Trump organization and and then taped. It was like the worst episode of the um the apprentice that I've ever seen. That whole debacle in Florida. Him calling up the head of electors to basically say, I need eleven thousand more votes. Can you find them for me? Really? He just out and out wanted people to cheat for him. Like we weren't going nobody was gonna find out. Is he crazy? Yes, I honestly think he was. They knew it. And he had people in high places like this Chile fool to basically do his dirt. And it doesn't stop there. I don't ever think until he loses his reelection for governor and he goes away into the um the sunset uh before he's elected president of this country. Okay, let me just say this. Ron DeSantis is a fucking fascist. I honestly think that. I, and I also think he's stupid. The latest, he basically fired a prosecutor, not because the prosecutor was actually bad at his job. It was because he dared to talk against Ron DeSantis. So he lost his job because he was a Democrat. I can't understand why people like this are allowed to continue in their complete wrongness. And the more power he gains, the more frightening it is for regular people like me. He's basically vilifying you because you are not a conservative or not a fascist like him. And people that are willing to do that type of bidding, I don't want any parts of. On a real note, if he is elected, I'm gone. I'm going to have to get my finances together. I'm going to have to ensure this is what the next year and until the 2024 election is basically over. If Biden's not reelected and one of the original donkeys in the Republican Party, fascist or no, I'm out. I, 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 I'm not going to be able to stay here because that means there are more people that are willing to hitch their wagon to someone that is obviously against democratic ideals, freedom that this country is predicated on in order to gain power and bend everybody to their will. I can't live that way because I'm othered in their minds. I'm, I don't deserve any of it. I will sell my house. 
and all of my property and I'll have to just basically me and Ethel just going to have to hit the road because it would not be safe for me to remain in this country. I'm going to take my dog, I'm going to take my cash and I'm take my computer and I'm out because there would be no reason for me to stay. And I think that's, I don't want to end up that sad, but I just want to basically keep, continue to point to why these people like Ron DeSantis are unfit to rule this country. And the people that are not insane, that are not sheep, please wake up before these elections Know what and who you're voting for and what you are willing to stand because they are they don't represent America. Their idea of ruling is absolute and power. And it's a strict line. There are no gray areas. There's no freedoms. It's only a restricted regime that they and they just want to control people. It has nothing to do with the good of society because what they're doing will destroy society as we know it, where everybody has a say and we can all, t and we're stronger when we have different opinions and we can work out our differences. But this straight line, fascist line that they're drawing has nothing to do with America and Democrat. It is an extreme idea, just as extreme as sovereign citizens, and any other iteration that these people, this conservative ideas that these people want to force on the rest of us. I would hope there would be enough of like-minded people like myself that are not going to be willing to stand for the stupidness. I'm going to vote. I'm going to remain informed. And then I'm out because I can't support stupid. And that is what the elections of these type of people are. Oh, girl, it is Women History Month, and this tramp is setting us back 50 fucking years. Cody Womp, go sit down somewhere. You are really making my head hurt. And I'm really annoyed that I have to add a woman to the donkey's list. Are you? She is my head hurt. She is really making my head hurt. But she's the reason why I can never give up my subscription to the local news. But this came across on the national news. How is she going to enforce that new anti-drag bill in Tennessee and blew Hamilton County with this nonsense? That's why you didn't get elected mayor, because you stupid as hell. I can't. I hate her. I, I just don't like I don't hate her. I hate her ideas particularly. I hate conservative, restrictive law people that don't see a different way. They try to enforce their own backwards, hyper-religious ways on enforce ev on everybody else. And a dr how drag shows are performed, it is so ridiculous. It is so restrictive. And again, it's not democratic at all. It is just another way for homophobia, anti-trans to be an infiltrate in a decidedly blue area. Because when you look at Tennessee, the major cities, including Chattanooga, are deservedly blue but the surrounding counties in hamilton county it's redder than a motherfucker she's one of the hamilton county da's she is obviously conservative and there's no place for her in the idea that what is going to affect chattanooga it is ridiculous 
absolutely ridiculous. And the business people, if they get in her ass, they're going to, that's money talks, bullshit walks. And the bullshit, they're going to make the bullshit walk because there's no way that this particular, the enforcement of this law is going to be able to stick in a liberal place like Chattanooga. She needs to go sit down somewhere, take her conservative hooded princess ass to wherever conservative offspring church and go that route because it's not it can't stand in Chattanooga and why does she still have a job being this dumb she's one need to be fired if I were but if I were governor but can't fire governor ex-drag queen but he's trying to lean into this anti-LGBTQIA issues I just can't they just making it so much easier for me to fuss That is Discovery. Um, basically, this is Viodance's uh, interpretation of the theme music from most of the Star Trek series, and that's the one from Discovery. And this is a shameless plug for my bonus content, as it is Ten Froze Bar, um, where I talk about all things space. I take deeper dives into Picard. Um, and I also talk about uh, shop talk. I take a deeper dive because I haven't figured out the brackets yet and what's the movement that's going on pre-NFL draft. And I hope you will enjoy me as, and try to do it soon because the episodes will go behind the paywall when the new episodes um, load. And I thank you for listening. The Shady Bunch, the Shady Bunch. I hope turning up for checks to pay for fake lifestyles were to be a part of the Shady Bunch. Ask that woman to go to her room. And there, and she said to herself, I did not do anything. Hmm. I want to validate her feelings of being uncomfortable. You felt uncomfortable. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that was a decision that we as adults made to have a conversation. Um, you know what? I'm going to say one other thing that no one knows about. Well, Candace knows and a few other people now know, but the show began airing in October. I got a very random anonymous DM in November from somebody. And again, I didn't, we all get DMs from people and it's tough to decipher what's real, what's not. I did not believe this DM whatsoever. Um, but it said that there was a producer on our show that paid money to Giselle and Ashley to say at the reunion that when I was in that room with Giselle, I grabbed my penis and that I actually said more to Ashley to try and get her to go to the hotel. Again, I didn't think anything of it. Leading up to the reunion, Giselle was doing several interviews to which she said, I'm not holding back. There's more to the story. I'm going to say everything. So now I'm starting to remember this DM and I start to have some concerns. So the day of the reunion, usually the husbands, we don't have a call time until like two or three or later, but the ladies are there like 6 a.m. I go down there in the morning. I meet with some executives. I show them this DM. I say, listen, 
I don't believe this. I don't want to believe this. I just want to make you aware because I am concerned with some of the things that have been said leading up to the reunion. All of them assured me this is nothing, no way. There's no way this happened. We would have heard about this. Giselle loves the show too much. This cannot be real. So good. I'm glad you feel that way. Makes me feel better because I feel that way. And I really didn't think anything of it until we filmed the reunion. And I don't remember if they showed this or not. But as I'm talking to Giselle and trying to get her to explain what it actually was that I did, Ashley leans over and says, well, Giselle, was it maybe his posture or did he, like, his body language? Did he say something? Pew, 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 pew. Red flags. Uh, and then at the end, at the very end of my conversation with Giselle, when the husbands were out there, Candace and I both asked her point blank, well, you said in your interviews that you were going to say it all. Is there more? You had more to say, but you haven't said anything. Is there anything more to say? And she said, she's like, I, I got nothing right now. Giselle, Jizzy is not that dizzy because she knew she would have been fired and then deflammatory or defamatory language because that would have been an out and out lie to be paid to tell a lie. And granted, Ashley fumbled the bag. We all know she fumbled the bag. Again, that's why I have the intro to this section. Is it worth the check? Evidently, it's not worth the check. But, and Ashley ain't crazy either. I'm wondering if she, I'm really wondering if they said, if you basically are willing to go on a limb to basically say X, Y, and Z, we'll give you how much money. What is that worth? Were they going to be paid? Was the bag a million dollars? Because we all know that Jizzy's makeup line had shut down because she couldn't get her product out of China. I'm not sure how Kenya Moore did it, but she may want to go ahead and talk to Kenya Moore how she saved her hairline. Ashley fumbled the bag. She's only going to get alimony and part of her house note. She gets nothing from Michael because the way the prenup is read, they're total assets together. But he has hid his money where he's basically reinvested his own money from used his previous money, reinvested it, and it just is considered only his money. It's nothing that it's doesn't look like he's made anything since he's been married to her. So she gets half, half of zero is zero. But is she willing to go out on a limb and to extend the lie for a storyline? And how much does that look like? Because it looks like either one of them knew that they wouldn't be able to do it because legally and ethics be damned because they wouldn't even consider doing this if it wasn't all about the money. But the legal ramifications and losing your only other source, solo source of income is also not crazy. So that one-time payoff was not worth to them when they calculated how long they could continue to work. Because once you get, evidently, once you get fired from the uh, Real Housewife franchise, it is almost impossible to come back as a regular, as Sharice and as Katie Ross. However, I say all of this to say is it makes a lot more sense. That interview was Chris Bassett and DJ Richie Sky 
his recent interview and he kept dropping bombs, dropping bombs because the entire reunion wrapped. I'm still not up pissed off just like other people it did not have to be three parts it could have been one and a lot of this stuff could have been dealt with on the after show it's wild that the reality did not come out until the reality show wrapped and that's what this chris bassett interview he basically has been interviewed by multi the bravo bros richie sky and carlos king And he did a dynamite job. He's just like a regular cat from the DMV. I don't think him saying Baltimore is not a part of it because in Baltimore and Maryland, but that's neither here nor there. He also has hood tendencies, but he just a likable guy. And them going after him just made him a target. But he had rat-a-tat-tat candy his wife on his side and they weren't going to stand for it that's why candy said chris was like i moved on and candy was like i have not because they didn't address a lot of the lies that they were supposed to and that was one of the big ones i found this interview very informative and to listen to it in its entirety i have the youtube link in my show notes and you gotta listen to it it is a lot of the stuff from the reunion and the that entire last season was absolutely ridiculous. And they stretched it out. If they had gotten this real, I think the whole season would have been a lot better. Because now I'm re-watching the previous episodes. Even with all of the baloney that happened with them icing out Monique, that was probably in all honesty y'all was the best season and subsequent season just didn't reveal just reveal the hypocrisy of this group of women it was only when they was real and it was absolutely believable and they didn't even have to turn up to make it interesting because that season portrayed some real stuff going on it was a little bickery and biting but this season was all about contrived intrigue cover-ups and absolute lies and it was awful i think this was probably one of the worst seasons of any of the real housewives because i've rewatched a lot of them and as far as a comparison between atlanta and potomac this is right up there with it and if they keep on this, I don't think they're going to be able to get to 13, 14, 15 seasons like Real Housewife of Atlanta because nobody ain't going to tune in for this bullshit. And if they have a somebody from production that's willing to pay people to even go out and allege an attack or sexual misconduct to pay for that, to frame somebody, that to me there's an issue with that culture on the show that would be willing when you have somebody like michael darby that is doing this shit for free you don't have to pay him the real storyline is in michael darby allegedly was grabbing people the charges were dropped but that didn't exonerate him you got people like um juan dixon brushing off 
allegedly sexual misconduct on his team. We also got him allegedly being inappropriate with somebody in a hotel room, stepping out on his merit. So y'all need to go ahead somewhere with that. You got the reality. You don't have to pay anybody for this shit. Oh, and you got Monique Collum, Pastor Holy Whore, slinging his penis around the congregation in Atlanta. You don't have to pay for any of this. This stuff is available for free, but y'all are willing to go with this false narrative to bring down somebody that did nothing but be kind to them and cook food with them. They've made an enemy. Y'all just, the chicken wings alone would have made it all worth me being his friend. But y'all basically blew up that connection. He made it, Chris Bassett made it very clear on this interview. He does not have a contract to film, so you won't see him unless he wants to be seen. Definitely because I think they've renewed Candace's contract and as well as Jizzy's. The word is still out on Robin. I think Ashley is going to be coming back too. But there it was a good chance that they were willing and they were with it and production was with it to basically continue the shenanigans when they actually had real reality that could have been working with them. That blows my mind on so many levels. They had the storyline and didn't have to pay for it. It was their free if they were willing to talk about it. Because who had that issue? The way Ashley talked about Michael, and they didn't even have to film him, because he actually went on, I think it was one of the local TV shows, and said that he had bumped into him. And I honestly think if production didn't have the footage, Monique may have had the actual footage before they erased it just so conveniently erased the whole day of where this incident was supposedly allegedly happened. We have so, there was so much out there in gossip media that they could have used. They had Robin, she got on her podcast and put it behind her Patreon wall, but they were willing to pay for a lie because it was salacious and they knew it was going to get, because she had been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, but then she didn't basically let out what the the discrete details like Chris had detailed in that DJ Richie Scott. And I think when he got that DM and showed it to the executives, they had a discussion with both of them and basically said, if you go forward with this nonsense that you've been alleging or leading up to in your interviews and it's unsubstantiated and it's not true, you will be terminated. And she looked at her bank account. It had nothing to do with ethics. It had nothing to do with her conscience. She looked at her bank account. She knew she wasn't getting any scratch anymore from her Avenue makeup line. And she did the math. Dizzy, Jizzy ain't dizzy. She said, this is not worth it. This is my only source of income until I can get, find another hustle and I'm good. Okay. And my kids, also my kids are getting ready to graduate. All of them are getting ready to be 18. So I'm sure she's not getting child support. She won't be getting child support anymore. So she's looking at her coins and she's like, look, I'm good. I'm not going to be able to just continue this lie because it's not going to be financially uh, worth it to me at this time. So... I'm not going to say anything and I don't care. And she didn't care how much it was going 
to or it had affected Chris. That's the thing that tripped me out. She didn't care. And then I don't know if you guys have also seen it. Um, the teasers that have been in the news as far as the first Black Panther, I think is dope. Is Bashinga evidently is the first Black Panther. And how great is it to basically be within the storyline? I think uh, Boyega, John Boyega is going to be um, in it. Akuyu, one of the warrior princes, also there's a teaser on that movie too but it's interesting to me that they would not proceed with a definite shuri um black panther or t'challa's sister proceeding as the black panther there's no more talk of her future as the black panther but they're looking back and going to the beginning it has some misogynist undertones there i'm for it because i think it looks the trailer itself is actually why I think it's going to be a great watch. The visual, the costuming looks on point. They've spared no expense. It's just sad that they wouldn't proceed with Shuri being proceeding as the Black Panther and the other characters. What the next generation with the female lead, why they have to go back um, to the beginning male. It's just shrieks misogyny or paternalism to me, but I'm here for it. I'm going to watch it because it is has something to do with the Black Panther franchise. So I'm here for it. Also, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. There is a teaser trailer about the ultimate girls trip. And I'm wondering what the dynamic is going to be between Candience and Giselle on this trip. Are they going to be able to keep it real in Thailand? And I think when they wrapped, I don't know if it happened during the time that they were filming or after they wrapped when all of this stuff, the truth about the lies and the uh, subterfuge that was going on with the Chris Bassett storyline um, when they actually was filming Ultimate Girls Trip. So I'm interested in getting the details about that and when it's actually going to drop. I didn't watch the previous two seasons because I was not interested in it, even though I think Phaedra was on it. She's the ultimate in gaslighting and bullshit or liar. Uh, but with Candace, I think Rat-a-tat-tat's going to show up and Giselle. Uh, Giselle looked like she got some lipo. But anyways, I'm just I'm waiting to see this. And also if she got some wrestling in her neck so she don't look like an elephant neck or like a um, turtleneck. Um, wearing of her skin um, because she was looking a little all of her 50 some odd years so I'm just saying what can you say not today ankles not today neck she just not today devil (laughs) and it's just crazy and she'll clear it with her clapbacks but that's neither here nor there that's enough of shady shenanigans um Y'all just navigate to uh, my Dell's Angels, Inc. extended podcast notes. I'll have the links to all of the trailers, to the DJ Sky interview, as well as the teaser trailer for Bashinga for your viewing pleasure. So I have decided that I was not going to be spicy. I think I've cooled down enough since I've looked at all the disappointments from the Oscars. I stand firm in my opinion. The Academy sucks. 
it doesn't appear that y'all have whoever is sitting on the committee y'all ain't got no damn taste it is obvious y'all didn't bother to watch any of these movies um y'all do these the real people actors and the creators a disservice because it is obvious from the decisions that you have made that you have paid no attention to be representational and to represent what the people, the taste of the people are. Because Angela Bassett was robbed. We, nobody from the franchise could seem to get a break. You awarded, he had passed away and was in one of the greatest movies on the planet. I'm talking about T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman. He should have won Best Actor for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You gave it to old Sleepy Tail, Anthony Hopkins. What the fuck, y'all? Okay, so I am going to have to cuss a little because the more I think about it, the matter I get. So, with that said, then we got my homegirl. This is the second time you've robbed her. You, you did not give her the award for best actress as Tina Turner in her biopic. Then you come back where she is an actual queen in a Marvel picture. And she did not get Best Supporting Actress. You gave it to old Dusty Butt, Jamie Lee Curtis. I believe both of them are 64 years old. Just on how she looked, Angela Bassett does not look 64. She looked beautiful in that dress, as did her daughter. And she basically was just so eloquent on the red carpet. But her face showed it all because she was just like the rest of us. She didn't have the little uh, stadium shady clap. She just looked like, ain't this some shit? It was too good to be true. She didn't even have, oh, I'm so excited for you. You should have got it. No, you shouldn't have got it. She actually should have won. I couldn't have faced the funk either. Oh, Dusty Tail, Jamie Lee Curtis. I haven't even seen... I haven't even heard of the movie that she was in, um, let alone knowing that she was up for Best Actress to be in it. Now you're going to force me to watch a dry-ass movie when I know that Angela should have won. It's all hands down. She represented the award that y'all have robbed from her now twice. And we all know the shadiness of the Academy. Y'all don't look at the movies. Y'all don't actually give them the common courtesy to do any of the work to basically champion what should actually become best picture. You shafted Chadwick. You shafted Angela. I think you all suck. Just saying. And that's it for this episode of Ten Fro is Reading. You know, I talked cash-ish all last year. I hope the listening audience will continue to enjoy my opinion and not so subtle shade. I mean, I'm 2,000 listeners per episode in, so go run tell that haters. I may take it on the road if I get hint hint sponsorship. Navigate to dalesangelsinc.blog for swag and extended podcast notes. Don't forget to hit like or leave a five-star review. It gets me on top of the algorithms and it may just get you on my show. 
2023's motto is boss up and get the bag. And as always, tell a friend and thank you for listening.